Welcome to our Forever Young Podcast, where we chat about ways to keep our bodies and minds young, because you're never too old to become younger. My name is Christiana Eggy. And my name is Sherry Marichu. Hello, Sherry. Hi, Christiana. I see our friend Dr. Odiatu has joined us today. What have the two of you concocted for our chat today? Well, we thought we'd chat about sarcopenia. Sarco what? (laughs) So sarcopenia (laughs) is the gradual and progressive loss of muscle mass that usually happens from about age 30 and older. However, (laughs) it's mostly referred to as an aging disorder, but it, it occurs not just because of age, but also from inactivity. And just to reintroduce Dr. Odiatu to our listeners, Dr. Odiatu is the author of The Miracle of Health. He's a professional member of the American College of Sports Medicine and a practicing dentist in Toronto. He has been the invited guest on over 400 radio and television shows from Atlanta to Alaska. (laughs) He is an NSCA certified personal trainer certified bootcamp instructor, and has given over 400 lectures in England, Canada, the US, and the Bahamas, not to mention Denmark, Bermuda, and Norway. And I think the list continues to grow because he was not deterred by the pandemic. And actually, Dr. Odiatu was recently nominated for a very prestigious award. Do you mind telling us a little bit about that, Dr. Odiatu? Sure. No, I was I was very surprised. It was actually a lifetime achievement award, which you always think you get at the end of your life. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, what are they saying? I don't know. I don't know. So, I still feel very youthful because of the muscle mass and my energy and my mitochondria. But anyway, I guess there's a lot of it was because of the teaching. So worldwide during the pandemic, a lot of health professionals were stressed with the extended hours, and a lot of dentists couldn't work in, for about six to twelve weeks when the pandemic started in March, 2020. So what they happened was myself and about 40 to about 60 other dentists were championing continued education. So we did lots of programming on clinical things. I did stuff on wellness and ergonomics and stress reduction. And they just said, due to our a massive input unpaid to, to keep our colleagues going, it was called the World's Doctor to Doctor Award. So it was awarded in Sardinia two weeks ago. And that's where I was, Sardinia, Italy. Congratulations. That's amazing. So proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So I'm in. It sounds like this topic is one that's interesting and one that I have talked to my mom and my aunt about a number of times without knowing what it is. So let's invite our friends to join in and listen while we, while they walk or do housework or just sit in a comfortable position for a little bit as we chat about sarcopenia. Okay, Dr. Odiatu. While I was trying to explain what sarcopenia is, I want to invite you to actually break it down for us, please. Mm -hmm. Well, people think so much about osteoporosis and osteopenia. This is where, you know, all the media, this is where all the focus is on bone density and DEXA scans. And the focus has mainly been on women. 
And most people think about, oh, osteoporosis, you know, at 55 plus or after menopause or after 60. However, we're now finding that women are having osteoporosis sooner, especially if they're small stature or certain, you know, cultural backgrounds like Northern European uh, women and then uh, people of, from Asia and anyone actually who's got a lighter frame. However, the exercise scientists are saying it's not just bone density. They're looking at muscle mass. They're saying when muscles aren't being used, they don't tug on the bones. All muscles are connected to the bone with tendons. So when you move and pull and lift and push and carry and twist, the muscles pull and torque and tug at your bones, which actually makes them stronger. So most people think about the bone density, but most people don't think of muscle mass. So a lot of medications are based on by prescription, Fosamax, Adrenet, Actinol, and they're all based on making bones more dense and less likely to fracture. But it doesn't keep you from falling. That what keeps you from falling is not bone density. What keeps you from falling is regular exercise and strength. You know, as strength dwindles with lack of use, what happens is people might have a good bone density, but they're falling. And I saw some stats the other day that 900,000 people in North America get hospitalized every year from falls, with the majority of those people being over 65. And they're saying that the, the biggest reason for accidental death over 65 is falling. So it's not bone density now, it's a muscle issue. So this hasn't even got out into the general public yet. People still are confused about this muscle thing. Women don't want to work out because they're afraid of getting bulky. Men think muscle building is for the bodybuilders of teens and looking good for the beach. But muscle building and building muscle, which is the sarcomere, hence the word sarcopenia, it's, it's building that muscle cell and developing your muscle strength that helps you not fall and helps keeps you younger longer. Which is amazing. And actually, it's really funny. Just the other day, I sent my mom a video about practicing squats and like just continuing to keep. I'm always on her about eating protein and keeping her muscle mass and using her muscles because she's been a lot better about walking and being active. But now I'm trying to like infuse that whole keeping your muscles on your body part. And maybe you can help us there, Dr. Odiatu. Like how can, maybe let's start with an older individual on how they can make sure that they're not losing muscle and how to keep it on. Yeah, it's such a relevant topic, Sherry. It's it's one of those things where, you know, we, we've known this for a long time. Actually, since 2012, in, at the Copenhagen Human Performance Institute, they actually called muscle is the largest organ in the body. People often think skin is the largest organ in the body. I used to think it was the brain at three pounds. They thought, and then they said, oh, no, it's the skin. In 2005, they said your skin is at 12% of your body weight. Mm-hmm. Now they're saying the muscles. Cumulatively, they weigh about half of the body weight, either male or female. And as these muscles shrink with lack of use, it starts at 30. What happens is this organ is getting smaller. And the whole idea these exercise scientists are saying is when you're actually pulling and tugging on muscle, lifting, pushing, and moving things, there's hundreds of cytokines that get released from these muscles and they're called myokines, M-Y-O-K-I-N-E-S. These myokines are telling every other organ, tissue and cell and your brain that you're alive. And when they talk about rigor mortis being death, lack of movement, mm-hmm. well, movement is life. So you need muscles to move. You know, mm-hmm. trees have muscles, so nothing moves. But in terms of our body, we were built for moving, you know, 350 joints. So young people move around all the time. My son, Theo, he's eight years of age doesn't stop moving. 13, 14, 16, as the online world gets, you know, seduces them more, guess what? They're not moving. And we're finding that after 30, people lose 1% of the muscle mass every year. 
and that it increases exponentially till about age 80, uh, the average male or woman, man or woman have lost almost 40% of the muscle mass, about 18 to 19 pounds of muscle in general, which makes them frail, unable yeah. to open up a jar, can't travel easily, can't walk. They walk with little yeah, small steps. And that it's really, yeah, like you said about the fall, like the statistics of people dying from falls is pretty high. Like, and I think the, the ministry has this rule. If you die within six months of a fall, that fall is related to your death. Like is it the cost of death actually for, for I think it's about six months or so I don't know. Okay. Nine months. So, Dr. Odiat, what are some of the signs and symptoms of sarcopenia, please? Well, muscle weakness is one. Like, it just, just the body changes. Most people think, oh, Uchi, I don't think so. It's, you know, because they're, they're 35 or 39. Now they've only lost between 5 and 9% of their muscle mass, which doesn't show up that, that much, except the fact that they may have a little bit less energy, but it doesn't really show up until you lost about a third of your muscle mass. So, that being said, muscle weakness lack of vitality, inability to have energy. Like if you have lots of muscles, which are toned and physically worked, you will have more energy at the end of the day. Your get up and go will be really good. But most people in general, when they have that high energy, usually it's because they've developed and they've added a lot of physical activity to their day. So one, one, two ways, two signs of knowing you've lost muscle mass is lack of energy and muscle weakness, unable to open up a jar like you used to unable to carry your groceries in from the car like you used to, unable to open and pull doors and get into the car without grunting. You know, I, you know <laughs> kids, kids have lots of muscle. When they get into a car, they don't go, <laughs> but over 40, that, that grunt belies some muscle weaknesses happening. Oh, they, they grunt, yeah, they grunt sitting down and people grunt getting up. So grunting <laughs> is a sign there's been some muscle loss for sure. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I remember when I was maybe in my early thirties, I would sit at my desk, like, you know, like with a foot up, like, or in a kind of like a pretzel. Right. And I never used to have issues with this. And then one day I started to feel like everything hurt after I got out of that position. So I started doing yoga and it has helped so much. And I guess my question is, did that help me? Like from the perspective of my muscles, keeping that on? Or, I mean, was that just good for stretching and, you know, limbering up? Mm -hmm. Well, most people, there's, there's, there's three components to an exercise, exercise program, strength, strength or muscle strength. There is aerobic, like how well you're, how much oxygen you can take in, use and give off. And that, that the, the measurement is called max VO2, M-A-X-V-O-2. And that's a metric of how your body is able to use oxygen. That's aerobic fitness. And flank flexibility is stretching. So range of motion. As we get older, as we don't move very much, we move less, range of motion goes down. Just like if you ask a 10-year-old to touch their toes, it's easy. You ask a 40-year-old, hey, now it's touching your knees. You know, um, you ask a, It's because 10-year-olds don't have to go as far. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. But you ask an older person, you ask an older man to get their wallet out of their back pocket. It's a major workout to twist around. Like even people shoulder checking when you drive. The 16-year-old shoulder checks. As you get older, the whole body has to move around to look and shoulder check when you change lanes. So that's all a sign of 
losing vitality and losing the ability to move your body, which increases the chance of falling, which Christina talks about as being so deadly. You know, it's a, half the reason for accidental deaths over 65 are from falling. Half, we think of accidental deaths. So half of them are falling. A million falls a year. Well, people get hospitalized. We're not talking about the falls where people just like have a bruise in the hospital. So almost a million people are hospitalized every year in North America from falling. So and if you had the strength, you, you would not fall. Strength right. make you not fall because you can actually, mm-hmm. yeah, your coordination. Also, you can catch yourself. Like they said, actually, kids trip as just as much as the seven-year-old, but the seven-year-old doesn't catch themselves. So as they're going down, they don't have the proprioception to know they're falling. That's why they bang their 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 heads and their chins. While kids fall, they put their hand out or they roll. So kids fall just as much, but because they have muscle and they're spry, they're able to catch themselves. So it's an important topic. And I'm glad, Christina and Sherry, that you chose it. It's very relevant to any person. People all think, oh, I'm 40. Well, guess what? 25, 25 years comes pretty quickly and you will be that 65-year-old person trying to navigate, especially if you live in an icy you know, city, navigating yourself from the car to the steps and over the steps and mm-hmm. all the other places you fall. Oh, yeah, for sure. I just wanted to interject to say that I think children are made of rubbery substances because <laughs> they have such good bounce back power. I see my grandson just slamming himself on the floor. And I'm thinking if I do that, you need an ambulance to get me. <laughs> At least you recognize it. At least you recognize it. I know um, some psychologists say that if you recognize a trait in someone else, it means you have it inside you, Christina. So Wayne (laughs) Wayne Dyer and Louise Hay. So if you recognize you you have some youth and rubbery nature to you, Christina. So (laughs) yes, she does have a lot of youth in her. Yes, that's true. All right, so if all of our listeners have bought into this and they don't want their muscles to waste away, what is the top three things that they should do? Ideally, they should be doing some form of strength training. Everyone talks about walking. People get so engrossed in this 10,000 step thing. You know, to do 10,000 steps a day, it's about an hour of walking. So unless you're a letter carrier or you have a dog or you have your spouse or partner, you know, seduced into walking, you know, an hour at night, most people don't get 10,000 steps in. They've actually shown in America, it's about on average, it's 1,800 steps a day. 1,800 steps a day is wow. the average in America. 1,800. Well, look at people. They go, they go to Walmart. They park as close to the door as possible. And then you see you know, families fighting about, you, you're parking too far away. And they stop to fight for two minutes about not parking far away, not parking too close. People want to park as close as possible. We, our dental office is in a two-story building. Of course, if someone's physically challenged, you know, or elderly or frail, or you're in a wheelchair, take the elevator. But in our two-story building where our office is, you'd be surprised at the age of people who wait for the elevator. I'm running in up the stairs, people 10, 20, 30, 40, pressing the button, and they know it's two stories. They're going up to <laughs> the elevator. So people just don't move. We're, we're, we're programming with so much convenience. We're all becoming like that movie Wally World, where... We're no longer earning, we're earning our money without moving. We earn our money in our sleep, we call it. And we're becoming soft and frail and our rubbery nature, as Chris, as Christina says. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing in children. <laughs> it's just amazing to see, right? 
So the other thing is, it's really hard for people to be motivated to exercise or, you know, weight lift, go to the gym. I mean, you don't really need to go to the gym to, to do exercises. So like what can some what can we do to keep limber and then and, and, and to keep our muscles do we really need to can we do it ourselves or do we need to hire personal trainers to help us keep fit yeah great question i love that because but again i started working out with weights back when i was 14 years of age no trainer but for some reason i was able to look at magazines there was no internet back then i looked at magazines looked at pictures <laughs> and put my program together. So so at 14, every adult is smarter than me. So it is possible. But now that we have YouTube and we have Instagram, you have access. If you just simply press the button, beginner resistance training workout for senior, you will find something. And if you put 20-minute beginner resistance training workout in YouTube, you will find a beginner 20-minute workout. And you, I always, what I do is I pick the most popular one, right? The one that has 18 views is probably not as good as the one with a million views or 300,000 views. And you follow that workout. And then I would say, you don't do one workout forever. The whole idea with a trainer is they change your program. So I would say every six weeks, change the order of the exercises or change the video that you're programming with. But unless you have an injury, and then if you have an injury or you have a preconceived medical condition, or your doctor says you're not healthy enough to exercise, then you better get a sign off from your doctor to tell you to start, start exercising. So the whole idea is if someone has, has is frail or if someone doesn't have any past exercise experience, maybe having a trainer is good for them. You'll get a certified trainer and make sure your doctor says you're okay to exercise. But if your doctor hasn't set any limitations and you have some past athletic ability, you probably are savvy enough to navigate the online world and, and get yourself a program. And the whole idea being you start small, and then you challenge yourself and have fun with it. It's supposed to be fun. This is a fun thing to do. And it's fun to see the body change. Like your body actually is morphing and developing muscle out of nowhere. Like you're literally taking food, you eat it, digest and absorb it. And then the body actually builds and makes these sarcomeres, these muscle cells more dense and stronger. And the body adapts. The body hates having a stress unless it can adapt. So as you stress it with the weight workout, it grows back thicker and stronger and more toned and it's visible. Your posture gets better. You don't get a sore. You can sit longer. You can walk with ease. It's easier to, to carry your toddler or your grandson around. If you fall, you get up quicker. You can get off the ground. You can play with your grandson. <laughs> you just bounce, bounce up off the ground. Get it bounce back. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love that. I mean, it can be so simple. And what's funny is I, my mom has even told me that you know, when I was talking to her before about exercise and stuff, she's like, oh yeah, one of her friends told her about something on YouTube. And then she just learned how to look things up on YouTube and the power of the audio search. It just makes it so much easier. And she no longer has to like search and hunt for the keys, but she just uses the audio search and it's awesome. It's there for us. Like it's, 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 it's really quite unique to think if you and I, it's almost, it's called a shift in perception. I, I'm just listening to an audio, an audio book now by Adam Grant. He's a Wharton professor, organizational psychology. And he has a book called Rethink. And rethink means, he said, it's changing your perception of who you are. A lot of women think, oh, I don't want to work out. I don't want to get bulky. It, women have up to 30 times less testosterone. So it's impossible for a woman to develop the bulk of Arnold Schwarzenegger. You just don't have enough testosterone. So they need to create a shift in their perception that it's not possible to get bulky. Mm -hmm. That tone looks good. 
that tone feels good. And if people exercise, and if they actually start having a healthy diet, and if they lose a little bit of weight as they're exercising, what happens is that weight loss is more likely going to be body fat than muscle. When people go on some of these weight loss drugs or don't exercise as they lose weight, what happens is they become a smaller version of how they were before. And so they've lost weight, but they don't look any better. So if you exercise, and in particular, do you exercise with, with resistance bands or dumbbells? The weight loss is more likely going to be body fat. So you'll get you go from a triangle to a nice V and you will have those delts and some nice biceps and, you know, you get that J for a woman or you'll get some nice quads like, you know, Brad Pitt, if you're a guy. And it's incredible to see your body change. It's like and I would say start treating your body like a high performance race car instead of like a a, a, a plan, a point A to point B winter junk heap, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of weight loss, a lot of people achieve weight loss by starving themselves. When you do that, you lose muscle mass. And that's when you see people look really terrible. Their face is sunken and you just see the flaps and stuff like that. But if you lose weight, ideally, like you balance your diet with exercise, actually you look much better. You look younger, you look toned and you don't have the, you know, so much flab or anything like that. So I think it's it's very important. So Dr. Odiatu, what are some of the diets that you would advise people to eat to help them gain back their muscle mass? Christiana, we know already Dr. Odiatu is going to say avocado and salad, everything you don't like. I'm not going to mention that A word or the S word. So believe it or not, really good book by uh, Peter Atia, A-T-T-I-A, came out in March of this year. It's called Outlive. And I've heard this before, and he really champions protein. He says, as we get older, protein requirement doesn't go down. It actually goes up. I used to think, ah, protein. Fiber is the missing nutrient. That, that's the goal, holy grail. I now listen to exercise scientists and Peter Atia, a medical doctor, author of the book Outlive. He said, you need a protein ingestion. Ideally, if you, you, can, you don't have to do it this way if you don't want to. He just said, but if you want to gain and get toned and develop muscle, having a, some, some form of protein four times a day. And ideally about every four hours, every three or four hours, but you have some pr- protein in a meal. So if you're gonna have some yogurt, have a bit of nuts in it. If you can have a salad, have some cheese if you're if you can tolerate dairy and have some steak in it or some lamb. So um, you have a protein shake, you know, good isolate. It's called isolate whey protein. You know, have some, put some cherries in, put some blueberries in, you know, that kind of thing. So protein divided up into four times a day, you're much better, more likely to have a better response to your to your program. So people who are doing a lot of fasting, it's a little bit tougher and you may actually be sabotaging your goals if someone's only eating one meal a day, that one meal, sorry, that one meal a day thing is, was, is popular. However, they're now finding some flaws in it. It doesn't work for everyone. So athletes often don't starve themselves. You can have a day where you eat less and that's your fasting day, or you can do one day a month. However, <clears throat> if you want to build muscle, you know, it's every four hours. Yeah. And you know, what's really funny. I actually tried the whole intermittent fasting thing and I definitely am not getting enough protein. So I like, because I would have a very high protein breakfast 
And then, you know, throughout the day, my meals always have protein in them. So I was losing out on that breakfast protein. And I just found that it just wasn't enough. So I'm not going to continue with it. I just thought I'd try it out. Right. But it's good. Yeah, it's good to try. And that's the whole thing yeah. about giving it a try. And again, it's like, like and, I, and, I, and I, I quote Tim Spector. He's an epidemiologist out of UK. He said, diets work really well for some people, small percentage. They don't work for most people. So people say, oh my God, mm-hmm. I tried this, I tried that. And they're, they're, they're shouting online and Facebook, look at me, I've lost 20 pounds. Meanwhile, it's the 10th time they've lost the 20 pounds, okay? <laughs> and <laughs> so, I, I don't know, I, so that diet might've worked for them. Guess what? 95% of people regain all the weight. They regain all the weight. And everyone's kind of embarrassed, eh? The, the people are saying, oh my God, I lost 35 pounds two years ago. It was amazing. And you think, well, what happened? Well, no, I gained it all back. So it's, it's frustrating. So they're now saying that to be physically active, they said, even if you're a little bit overweight, they said even the obese, the obese person, the one who has a BMI over 30, 30 BMI, who's physically active, will have the same heart disease risk as someone who's of normal weight who doesn't exercise. So they're saying it, physical activity is, is one of the top things to be healthy and to live a long time and to increase your health span. So physical activity now they're focusing on. The diet, everyone's kind of facing a losing battle. You know, seven out of 10 people are overweight. That's not going to change in the next five years, no matter how many shows, no matter how many documentaries are out there. Seven out of 10 is just going to get bigger. But we can make ourselves more physically active. We can become more physically active. Do I hear Dr. Odia to agree with me now? Because you and Sherry is <laughs> you and Sherry used to be apples, salad, avocado, like okay, anyway. Yeah, but what we're saying is these are healthy foods to choose. It is, but I always say that's low and you know, make it sustainable so that you can keep it. But I just want to go back to the protein thing foods for people like if you eating protein you have to move you have to exercise because if you don't it will turn into fat so if you eat more protein than you need it's not going to be effective for you so you do need to exercise so don't forget that you want to build those muscles eat protein and exercise please yeah and that's the thing they're actually saying now that exercise actually if anything it increases your appetite Mm-hmm. It does. It does. Yes. So an exercise, it makes you develop, your, you know, bone density. It helps with muscle building. It increases neurotransmitters. It lowers inflammation. So there's nothing bad with exercise. Like everything, every exercise is, is, is number one. However, they said exercise does not work for weight loss because oftentimes you're, you're, you have a bigger appetite. So exercise is in its own, they said is, is valuable without weight loss. So a lot of people think, oh, I started running. I didn't lose weight. Well, They've shown now over time that increasing your activity level does not help you lose weight. But so most people do things for cosmetic purposes. This is this whole Instagram filter, online world perception of looking good. We do everything to look good. You know, I'm turning 40 next year. I'm doing this so I can look better. I'm turning 50. It, we're so aesthetically driven. It's, it's it, We don't get the full value. And even people who use, use some of these weight loss drugs, you know, oh, I lost 30 pounds. How'd you do it? Oh, I started taking this prescription. Well, you never got the benefit of doing activity to get down to lose 20 pounds. It's like it's like you sprayed cologne on and you smell better, but you didn't shower, <laughs> so you're not any cleaner, you know? So I'm not sure if that's a good analogy or not. No, I think that's a really good analogy. Like, so look at me, I, I smell fresh. Well, yeah. you didn't shower. But I just, you're not. Yeah, yeah. So 
take a closer sniff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really like that analogy though, about how, like, if you cheat, cheat your way to losing weight, you're just a smaller version of your fat self and you're not any healthier. I think that's really key for people to know, you know, it's, it's not just about becoming smaller necessarily, right? It's about keeping yourself healthy. And I think, Christiana, everything that we talk about, it's a life change, right? It's that that whole perception shift about, you know, increasing activity, eating healthier, getting more sleep, all of that together, right? It's like these days, I forget where I was. Yeah, some I went to see someone and we had a long way. She's like, oh, sorry, I should take you through the shortcut. I'm like, I count my steps, so don't take me less one. <laughs> I'm very happy to count my steps now. Like a little bit further, you know, that type of a thing. And just being mindful of moving, especially when I'm working and the phone buzz, my, my wrist buzzes, like, it's like okay time to move yeah i look at all of us though like i think it's funny when i'm when you're 20 anyone who's 30 always seems so old you know and look at us now i i think 25 would be shocked that that there's there's people here online happy talking (laughs) and smiling and and when i go to the gym i I know that i'm twice as old as some of these guys i'm working out with and they they get this vague idea they say sir can i ask how old you are and then I, I go up and I do 20 pull-ups. And they're like, they look at me in shock. Like, you know, like, what's going on here? And I said, you know, I've been working out a long time. I said, but they're, I'm, they're always, they're, they know I'm older than their dad. And here I am doing more than they do. So I love almost, you know, when your dog looks at you and as if you're, you're, you're like, what's, what, what are you doing? I love that. Pers- I love that look on a 25-year-old when they see a person over 50 exercising and doing something. So, but I'm thinking, I'm showing you how it could be. I'm showing you the over 40 is not downhill. I'm showing you this, this men and women, 50, 55, 60. You can look incredible. You can move. You can be toned. You can look great in clothes. You can smile and be happy and have projects in front of you. And there's no slow demise in retirement. Like, you know, so in France, I wouldn't be arguing about retirement age. I, hey, I want to work. I want to work as long as I need to. I don't want to be told that I, I'm, I'm, you know, so I, I love having a longer time frame to do my passion. You know? Yeah, actually, even in the hundreds, wasn't uh, like a few years ago, a hundred year old man was still jogging. And, you know, you know, <laughs> when you do something, it becomes part of you. Right. So mm-hmm. and, like online, you see all these women doing gymnastics in their 80s, 90s. It's beautiful. Tightrope, you know, going all the way up there. So I think just doing whatever we think we can sustain, but just be mindful to move and keep the muscles in use. I think yeah, and I think too, one other thing I can say, like when I go to the gym, I see more and more women now in the free weights area, not necessarily older women. There are younger women in their twenties in the free weight area. Now we're, we're still not 50, 50 there, but I mean, if someone is afraid to go to the gym, if you are a woman and you're afraid to go to the gym, don't be, you know, there's lots of women in the gym and people are always willing to help you out. So I'd say, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. I, I love this new paradigm. And I think it, it's tough that the, all the different demographic groups don't have access to it. You know, I heard the other day that, you know, the upper demographic, you know, people earning a certain amount of money have more access to gyms. They don't have food deserts. They can afford a trainer. 
Um, their, their doctor responds to them quicker with a phone call. They have better access to allied health professionals like chiropractic and naturopaths and, and dietitians. So it is a shame. And, and But again, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it'd be great to have all the population improve at one time. But when you think about it, I, I, I read a, a report the other day in Ontario with 14 million people. They said between 30 and 40 percent of adults are either diabetic, undiagnosed diabetic or pre-diabetic. So up to 40% of adults in Ontario, out of 14 million people, are either diabetic or so pre- scary. So So, because a lot of people think, oh, I'm not diabetic, but they're pre-diabetic, which means they're well on their way. They're well on the way to diabetes. So up to ha- almost half the population are diabetic and pre-diabetic. And that was unheard of 40 years ago. You know, yeah. there's 30 million diabetics in America uh, right now, 30, 30 to 35 million. That's how many there were in the world in 1985. So- this is the pandemic I'm concerned with. You know, half a billion people with diabetes right now, a half a billion with diabetes. That's And there was only 30 million diabetics in the world in 1985. Now we're at half a billion, 500 million, like 20, it increased wow. 20 times in 1985. That, that's, that's, yeah, so this is, it's, it's not good. It is, it is not good. No, it's not. Lifestyle change is really important, not just in, in health and even in even in dementia, like, you know, a lot of... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, a lot of that is now being related. Like Alzheimer's, that say, they say has no cause. Scientists are now saying you can prevent Alzheimer's up to 40% through lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. So it's so important, you know, to, yeah. to look at what we do, how we can keep healthy, mental, brain health, physical health. Like, it's a lot of things we have to do. There's no one way to achieve all this. Dr. Odiatu, is it when when is a good time to start, like to actually start to preserve our muscles? Like when is too old that you know? Is there a time uh, such as being too old to start? Yeah, great question. I used, I used to be. I'm an optimist. My mom raised me to be an optimist, and I and I've seen the studies where they said they took people in their 70s, 80s, and 90s who have never exercised, and they were in wheelchairs, walkers, or had canes. And in a 12-week program at John Hopkins and Tufts and Harvard, they doubled their strength. But the new information says it is more challenging as you get older. Just okay. like it's like very much like financial. If you start saving $100 a month at 20, it'll be easier to become a millionaire by 65 than at 65 trying to start saving to become a millionaire. So there is a sweet spot, which is in your youth to develop the habit. So it is tougher to develop muscle at 70, 80 compared to doing it easily at 20. And what it does is it builds a muscle reserve or a physical reserve. So when I started at 14, I have this entrenched, trained neural pathways that help me pick up a dumbbell so much easier because I've been doing it since I was 14. So mm-hmm. someone at 80 that starts working out, I don't say it's too late, but it, they have, it takes about eight weeks of just lifting weights just to develop the same neural pathways before you start get, getting any strength increase. It takes a while. So starting now is, is starting now is still better than not doing it all but the best time like Confucius says was 20 30 40 years ago <laughs> the best time is today so i'm still an optimist the research shows it's tougher as you get older but it's still not a waste of time it's still not a waste of time and how many times a week do you think that people should weight train they're saying ideally twice a week as as little as 30 minutes a time so twice a week for 30 minutes to not only maintain to start growing 
again, you know, we have 168 hours, you know, yeah, so that's nothing. So an hour total is, is not much, no. you know, one exercise per body part. There's something called compound movements. And again, it's, it's obviously in, in a podcast. We can't really talk about all the parameters of it, but if they go to YouTube or some of these, you know, these, these p- platforms and they search, you know, beginner, you know, 30 minute seniors resistance training workout, and they can put the word dumbbells in and dumbbells. You can, I've seen them at these department stores. You can get a little stack of dumbbells, five pounds, three pounds, one pound for as little as you know, $40, these, these rubberized dumbbells. And that can, that can help someone with a gentle starting of a, of a training program. So even if someone's balance is off, you know, you can put one hand on your kitchen counter mm-hmm. and gently just raise one leg up to your waist, you know, bend your knee and raise them. And that's, and that's developing balance. It's developing proprioception. It's developing ankle strength. So there's ways to do it. But again, you need a, a, a coach or a trainer if you, if you have mm-hmm. no background. But if you have really have any kind of muscular injury or condition, you, you should, they, people should talk to the doctor before starting any exercise program. But if someone's okay to go ahead, their doctor said it's okay to exercise. YouTube is great. Do it safely. Make it fun. You know, there's, there's no rush to the end. And it's just a beautiful thing. You know, think of your body as a tool that you take care of. Like a good carpenter loves her tools. A good yeah. mechanic, a car mechanic has treats their tools very well. It's only us human beings that have this million dollar body that dump it into a chair, squeeze it into a pair of spanks and, and throw down uh, <laughs> uh, you know, some fake food. So no, 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 no Indy 500 race car driver would treat their car that the way that the average person treats their body. That's true, because our body is our engine and we need to, you know, you change your engine oil all the time. We need to actually take good care of our bodies. And like I always say, you cannot withdraw without first making a deposit. So you need to deposit health and need to deposit muscles into your health bank so that as you age, you can withdraw from that. I love that. Yes, I think it's amazing. So Dr. Odiatu, it's always a pleasure chatting with you. I hope you enjoy the rest of your summer. It's fun to follow you on social media and see where you're going. So let's take a moment now and remind our friends where they can find you on social media. Yeah, I'm on Instagram. You can Instagram, you look at my you know first and last name, you know, Uchi, and last name's Odiatu. The account is actually Fit Speakers. You know, you'll see my big smiling face on my profile picture. So it's pretty, I'm more active there. I'm on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, if you look at my first and last name. I'm on Twitter as Fit Speakers, one word. Facebook, I'm not as active, but I'm there. Okay, but I'm on Facebook. But again, Instagram. And, and, and again, people say, oh, I'm 50 now or 40 now. I, I'm not using Instagram. I think part of, you know, I would say getting older is inevitable, but aging is a choice. So if, if I'd say start hanging out with younger people start hanging out with people more active to get on Instagram and, and hang out with those people and learn to talk like they talk and learn about <laughs> foods and everything else. So it's contagious. You know, this enthusiasm is contagious. That's it awesome. certainly is. In order to get our muscles well-oiled and to develop that bounce back, that rubbery <laughs> substance, <laughs> we need to hang out more with young people, talk the talk and walk the walk. That's awesome. So until the next time, I'm Christiana Eggy. And I'm Sherry Marie Chu. See you next time on Forever Young. Until then, keep smiling because you're never too old to become younger. The Forever Young podcast is created and produced by Christiana Eggy and Sherry Marie Chu. 
and it is produced and engineered by Elise Hill. The podcast represents our opinions and those of our guests. The content should not be taken as medical advice. It is for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Special thanks to the Ella Accelerator for bringing Christiana and Sherry together. If you like the show, please tell your friends and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. New episodes are available every other Wednesday. Have questions? Email us at ourforeveryoungpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram and Facebook under Our Forever Young Podcast. Thank you for listening.